We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. This is... This is... Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Heat Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Giancarlo Navas. And with me today is the, uh, it's his maiden voyage, his debut, uh, Life, uh, as you may know him on Heat Twitter, Greg, <laughs> Life. How, how was uh, it again? Off to a fantastic start, Life. How was it? <laughs> Correct me, hey, man. You want to just go with my first name, Greg? Is that going to no, work? No, I want to get this thing down. So uh, how do you say it again? And you just told Leif, Leif. I'm sorry, you, you just told me like three minutes like, ago. Take the keys out of the safe and give them to Goran. Um, basically, <laughs> <laughs> right, so we got Leif or Greg. We're, we're gonna call him Leif. I'm gonna get this down by the end of the show. <laughs> so we got Leif on. Welcome to Heat Beat. Uh, you've you. probably read his stories, and he's excellent. And he's, uh, I feel like Alf is he Twitter president, but like you're in like the cabinet, like you're important, like you're part of our governing body. Well, yeah, that's sec- uh, secretary of sanity. You're like our like I know we're like anarchy, but like you're you're part of like the, you know the cultural leaders of of uh, Heat Twitter. Well, thank you for the kind words. That's awesome. I don't know <laughs> if it's kind. I mean, you pretty much run a shit show. Yeah, that that is true. That is true. But I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. Put it that way. <laughs> the uh, it's the our Snick- shit show. <laughs> it's our shit show. The snicker that you hear in the back is uh, our regular Christian. What's up, bro? How's it going, guys? It's been a while. You haven't been on in a while. It's been at least a month, I think. I mean, yeah. this last month's a little hectic for me, but hopefully I'll be doing more of these and writing more, which I need to do. I still we want to do a to piece on more. Winslow. I've been wanting to do a piece on Wade and Goran's usage forever that literally everybody has beaten me to it. Like, I hate when I do research for a story and then I see... Like a month later, Zach Lowell like tweet out the stats I was looking at. Right, I was like, or like Haverstrow, or like dump down a bunch of Whiteside stats after you've been like. And I'm looking like, into I did it. that. 
I was like, I already did that, man. And you out here just stealing my thunder. So, yeah, uh, I actually had thought about writing about Justice Winslow and uh, saw a story. I forgot where it came from, but it, it compared him to like a like three or four different players. And and uh, it was like a breakdown of his game and how it translated to those guys. And then it basically ruined anything that I was going to write. <laughs> <laughs> that happens so often. Like people don't know the struggle of like, you don't want, you don't want to be out here copying. So like somebody writes something, you're like, I can't write it now. They gotta wait. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't like. Uh, I compared Justice at one point to uh, Ron Artest because I think there's a lot of similarities there. And then I think, except like, he's not crazy. Except he's not crazy. Like a non-crazy Ron Artest. But then, like <laughs> an hour or two later, Alf made the same comparison, and he's got a lot more exposure than I do. So I'm like, all right, well now that's Alf's idea. <laughs> it's not mine anymore. It's his intellectual property. Speaking of justice, he's been really, really good lately. And uh, Cooper Moorhead of NBA.com, or is he is he still work for the Heat? He used to. I don't even know anymore. Uh, Cooper Moorhead was talking about how Justice's jump shot has kind of changed. Up, he used to have a little hitch when he shot, and now it's 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 like his form is a lot better, and he's staying on the court more. His, his defense is obviously uh, really good. Uh, Leif. Did I do that right? You did it right. Yes. I have to pause. Okay, I got this. That progress. Um, yeah. Like Justice on, Winslow, it's progress. On the offense, though. Like on the like on the offensive end, like if you see anything that you're like, I feel better about this. I, I, I have. Um with his shot specifically, and you alluded to a lot of it, um, it's more fluid, but also, and I, I've tweeted this out, that um, he's getting a lot more arc on the jump shot, and he's one of those guys that he's never gonna have that beautiful Glenn Rice. Uh, three-point shot or even mid-range shot. So I think he's going to really have to uh, rely on getting down his mechanics and just from the start of season from the start of the season to now I think you see a huge change in um, an improvement in the way that he's shooting which and then I've also said that uh, a full summer with uh, with our staff I think is going to go a long way with that kid he's he's awesome man I, I am all about Justice Winslow as, as I know we all are <laughs> uh, he mainly shoots from like 20 to 24 feet and he's shooting 29% on that um, so that's not good, but I feel like that's so low that that's bound to improve. I mean, he's shooting 40% for the season, which I think is typical of a rookie. Uh, but I, I think that'll just get better as time goes on. Right. Yeah, and I, I tweeted out earlier today because I found it interesting that in the last couple of weeks on uh, above the break threes, which t- tend to be a little bit outside that 20 to 24 foot range, he's actually been five for his last five. Um, which is kind of huge because one of the big problems this team has had is that we actually have a lot of guys that are pretty solid out of the corners, but all those above the break threes, we I don't think we have anybody shooting over 35% on those, and it's Bosch shooting 35%. So like all the other guys who we're counting on for shooting just can't seem to find that range. And, and yeah, back to what uh, Leif was pointing at, you know, I've noticed that Justice's stroke has gotten a lot better for weeks now. It's just when when it got a lot more fluid, he was just still very off. But I think it's shown in, in recent weeks that he's starting to get a little more comfortable with it. And it's odd for mid range; he's actually he's been surprisingly good all year. From ten to sixteen feet, he's shooting fifty percent this year. He's oddly comfortable in that range. That that surprises me. I don't mean to interrupt you. That that stat surprises me that uh, he would be shooting at that clip. <laughs> Um, for for January or not January, but for the last four games, he's actually been really good around sixty percent shooting, on uh, on twenty seven attempts. But still, you know, he he has a jump shot going. He doesn't take a lot of them, fifty seven percent from twenty to twenty four feet. So, like he's 
he's getting better at these things, and particularly like we've said in, in the last couple games. So I, I'm I'm I don't think he's big enough to play four, but I would like to see him kind of in a point forward kind of 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 you know. Uh, role, you know, rebounding. Like, I think one of his most undervalued skills is how he can rebound and go off the break. Like, nobody talks about that, and he's really good at that. Very true. Uh, he he's one of those guys that you can totally see um, going coast to coast. Uh, and something else that I've seen just in the past few games that that is encouraging. And I think that it, I wish that we could do it more, but just based on this cast and based on this team, it's not feasible. But when he's given the freedom to kind of. Uh, to, to to get the ball at the top of the key and try to make plays or at least even handle just a little bit maybe as a secondary option on a play. He gets comfortable and he's he very much appears to be a rhythm guy. And uh, and I think that that's something as he gets more of an, like a, a larger role on the team that uh, he'll get more comfortable offensively and it won't look so herky-jerky at times like it can. Oh, I, I love his playmaking, and I think, Christian, you and I have talked about this, how, like, he's he's such a good playmaker, and kind of, like, in a Draymond Green kind of way, I don't know if it was you that I talked about this with, but, like, how Draymond is used, like, secondarily off pick and roll, so, like, he'll pick and roll with Steph, and then, you know, uh, Steph will get doubled, and then he'll dump the ball to Draymond, kind of at the free throw area, where he can make decisions with passes or shooting or off the dribble, and those are all skills that Justice can have, because Justice is a good screener. Justice, w- when he starts to get a little bit more of a jump shot you know he'll be such a threat off those pick and rolls because of his passing ability no absolutely i mean you can tell that he's got really good vision especially for a 19 year old and one of i think one of the big things that he's struggling with right now and i think a lot of this has to do with a lot of the turnovers he was getting earlier in the season is that you can see he has a hesitation to really put the ball on the floor and really you know drive and kick and things like that but when you get him the ball in a situation where he's moving and then he can quickly find someone else without necessarily having to put the ball down, he shows his his passing ability there. So obviously there's still a lot of room for him to grow. And you guys started on this on, on the rebounding real quick. I saw Cooper Moorhead tweeted out earlier today. Oh, yeah, that's that, great. Yeah, that uh, for guys 19 years or younger and shorter than 6'7", he has the second highest defensive rebound rate of all time, only behind Michael Kidd Gilchrist. So he definitely is a rare rebounder for, for his size. He's really str- – and I, I think a lot of that is just his body so NBA ready. Like he's strong. Like he looks like a like an NBA player. Can you imagine what he's going to look like in four years when he's 25? Oh, I know. I mean, he's just a kid. He can't even buy a drink in a bar, and he is— Legally. Legally. Yeah, well, that's true. I'm sure he's getting a hookup. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I the sky's the limit with that kid. I mean, there's—and there, I know that's cliche to say, but, um, you know, there's been points this season where I think that you've seen some frustration from fans because you're expecting a guy to come in and— uh, if we remember what Wade was like when he was a rookie, uh, he immediately, the one thing you knew he could do was get the ball, create, score, get his own shot. So we kind of, when you get a, a high-profile draft pick, that's kind of the first thing you look for. But watching him on the defensive end is almost as intriguing as some of that stuff that I've seen from some of the other rookies. So, um, sight. No. I think we kind of touched upon something important. Um I wonder what it's like to party with Justice Winslow. Do you think he's fun? I mean, he seems like a funny dude. I mean, have you? Seen, there's, there's been videos 
um, you know, little vines and stuff that, that appear in these games, or he's doing some pretty funny stuff on the sidelines. And, like, I don't know if you guys actually follow, like, Dwayne and, and Hassan's Snapchats, but him and Josh Richardson singing on the plane, like, a week back, like, it looks like they had they to get into some pretty funny stuff. But he does seem a little robotic, too, so it's That's to what I'm saying, dude. Like, he just, like, I don't know, man. Like, he doesn't look like he'd get hype at a bar with you, and, and he just, he looks like he's very calm, you know. He, he has to go put his kids in bed, like, you know, he's 19, but he looks so responsible. Yeah, I mean, he he definitely doesn't appear to be um, on that Gerald Green tip, but uh, that Gerald Green tip sounds so much more fun, though. <laughs> that's true, but you know, on uh, on that Snapchat, Hassan got in his face the other day and said something like, um, uh, "Have you watched my Snapchat today?" or something like that, and he he kind of shot him down in a way that it. it it made me happy because that's kind of how I feel when I watch some of that at times. Um, so I think he may have a little bit more personality than we're seeing. But what did he, he do? He um, did what? Well, no, I mean Hassan just put the camera in his face and said something like, uh, "Have you seen? Have Have you watched my Snapchat today?" And Justice Winslow said something like, "Hell no," or something like that. And it's just <laughs> the way the exchange happened. Uh, I I got the sense that you know while being a quiet, calculated kid, that he probably has a little more personality than we're seeing. Um, Dwayne kind of grew into that too. You didn't see much of it early on. He was kind of like this real clean cut, um, modest. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, exactly. A lot of people called him very humble, and that has been something that you know we kind of see did that go out the door. Yeah, I was gonna yeah. say he's the evolution of the ego. Oh my god! Do you remember when he was like, he didn't have any facial hair. He's standing out there with his little bald ass head, being so nice. Just such a nice boy. He looked like he was getting ready to go to prom for two years. Dude, I know. <laughs> now he's like, bitch, better have my money. <laughs> oh man, Dwayne, how they change. <laughs> you know, I, it's funny. You know, we mentioned Dwayne, and, and I, I. It reminds me. So I'm at work today, and uh, a coworker of mine is a Purdue graduate, and he's going to some Purdue watch party today. And uh, he doesn't really follow the NBA a lot. And he's like, uh, "Oh, you know, do you know who Brian Cardinal is?" And I was like, "Do I know who Brian Cardinal? Is? <laughs> the guy who hip checked Dwayne and lost us to 2011 Finals." That guy. <laughs> do you guys remember how great Dwayne was against the Mavericks that year? He was yes, he was oh. torching them by himself, and then Brian Cardinal hurts him, and then they lose. Don't remind me. He was he was so good, and um, that game two that we had in the bag, it'll haunt me forever. Uh, I remember Wade hit that corner three, and he like stuck one leg up and kept his his uh, his arm up in the air after oh, he switched it. Shoot yeah, the exactly. Pose, and from that moment on, it was not good in that game uh so yeah that'll haunt us forever but he was awesome i mean he would have been the finals mvp had we figured out a way to stop jj berea no but like he but they lost that they lost that series in part because he could not be special anymore after he got hurt after he remember he got hurt his hip so he's i mean he had arguably the greatest finals performance ever in 2006 and he was somehow topping that I've, i think i remember his per through four games was like 40 Jeez. it's crazy i remember reading that during this during the finals and thinking like this guy is doing something again that is unprecedented it's, and then he gets hurt yeah, and then lebron's playing hot potato his first and, three uh, games in that finals he put up 22 points 
You put up 36 in that game two loss. The 22 was the bad game. Yeah, that was the bad game. The next three games, you put up 36, 29, and 32, all on over 55% shooting. I mean... It was a nut. It was a legendary performance. Do you remember in Indiana, and I believe it was, I don't know, was it game three or game four, that it was the first half and LeBron is desperately trying. It was the, the year that Boss was hurt. And LeBron's pretty much trying to force the ball into Dwayne's hand, right? So, like, he's trying to get Dwayne on cuts, but Dwayne can't even catch the ball. He's dribbling off his foot. And then he gets Dwayne kind of like at the end of the quarter, like a little dunk to end, to end the half. And then through the second half, Wade and LeBron torched the Pacers, and then Wade followed that up with 40 points. Yeah, no, I think I remember that. It was a game where Wade was struggling in the first half, right? It was awful until the end when he got the little dunk. Right, right, yeah. And I think it was, I want to say it was maybe game two. No, 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 no. no, I think it was was after the game he, like, yelled at Spo in the match. Because we were down 2-1, weren't we? It was probably game three. No, it, I think it was game four because we were down 2-1. We right. had gotten blown out in that first game in Indiana, and um, and he played awful. And then I think he went away to uh, to see Tom Crean, if I remember correctly, yes, maybe. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and then he came back, and yeah, I, I think that the announcers actually said something <laughs> like to the effect of, sometimes if you get that little dunk at the end, that can just get you going or something like that. That sounds like, like a Tony Fiorentino. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and maybe I'm just a mad imagining that because I've heard it a million times all these years but you know Eric uh, uh, no yeah um, and then he just went nuts <laughs> yeah I'm looking at it right now um Dwayne was let's see okay yeah that was the game we were down eight at halftime Dwayne was yeah three of ten in the first half he was Dude. he was struggling and then the second half it was oh man the shot charts just all agree <laughs> the third yeah in the third quarter of that game Dwayne Wade was six of six from the field. Just, I mean he destroyed he, he torched them and it, and was, it was awesome. It was like floaters and off balance turnarounds and like all of the shots that sometimes make us cringe these days. But um, when he has got it going, uh, he's always been you know magical with that stuff, man. <laughs> yep. Ten of thirteen in the second half, and he even made his only three pointer. <laughs> Look at that. Ooh, have you noticed that like he doesn't even think about the three anymore? Thank God. Like it's like not even it doesn't even cross his mind. Like, do you remember a couple years ago that you knew when he was dribbling the ball up the court the way he dribbled that oh god he's gonna pull up on the left side? Yep, yeah, he would kinda just kinda like loaf up there, kinda act like but you but you could tell he wasn't really selling it. You knew everybody knew. Yeah. It's like he was gearing up to take the shot. You could tell by the way he was dribbling and advancing the ball towards the three-point line. But now to the he left does, side. He, yep. Now he doesn't even think about it, which um, I mean, th- I, I think I've seen, and I, I don't have the stats in front of me I, I, like you guys do, but I think I read somewhere that he's like the wor- like statistically the worst yeah, three-point shooting two-guard ever by volume. <laughs> yeah, it's really bad. I don't think he's ever had a year above 33%, if I'm correct. I think, actually, I think his best year, oddly enough, was um, was the first year of the Big Three. Uh, I'm wrong about that. It was he stopped 30% that year. <laughs> his best year was the, um, was the MV3 year, um, 31%, sparkling. 31%. He's a twenty-eight percent three-point shooter for his career. Yeah, I mean that's that's Justice Winslow levels right there. That's bad, man. Dwayne. It's pretty interesting that somebody who doesn't rely on the three um, 
like a Reggie Miller, for instance, a guy like that, uh, can age as well as Dwayne has. I know he's had his injury troubles, but, I mean, when he's been on the court, uh, he's been relatively effective throughout, and um, that's not relying on just standing out there and catching and shooting from three like a lot of guys as they age. Ray Allen is another great example of a game that aged well in a way that we would expect it to. Um, Wade has, uh, I know a lot of people, uh, you know, get on him about his injuries, but, uh, you know, he's still Dwayne Wade. Can we talk about how that year that he shot 31% from three, he was doing it on three and a half attempts. Dwayne, who told you you could shoot that many? You know what? That year, I mean, he was, it was literally, I think it used to be Shaq that used to say this. He was just playing with a bunch of Tito's. You know? Yeah, no, that was the year after. That was the year. After. I I love that. Do you remember the little graphic they did too of like Dwayne as Michael Jackson and Michael Jackson? <laughs> <Yeah. in the back? laughs> but it's true. I mean, you couldn't complain that year because I mean, look look what he was doing with the rest of his touches. I mean, he shot forty nine percent when everyone knew he was going to have the ball in his hands every play. I mean, that he should, he I still think he should have won the MVP. Ten free throw attempts. His PR was like stupid. I think that he was. I think he's one of like two players, or I think he's the only player to have a PR over thirty in a year that he averaged thirty a game. Yeah, I'm definitely going to use uh, season finder right now because those the stats he put up that year. I can't imagine many other players have put up. Anything. No, I mean it's just like when he. I, man, that year was so much fun. He had a 37 usage. That's nuts. Wasn't that the year that he had the game winner in Chicago? That was yeah. awesome. Who remembers that? Oh, gosh. That's that was my fun, favorite man. Dwayne moment. That was that so... Your- just because it was Chicago, um, and, and that was before, um, you know, all of what happened during the Big Three era, obviously, but... Uh, the steal, the shot, the—I mean, that's like just a, a that—that's. It's good that they put that on a moments T-shirt. That's all I'll say. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I, I think I've, shirt. I, I, I. You like those? I don't like them. I think they're kind of cheesy. I, yeah, I had to buy the Riley one oh. and uh, the Ray Allen the game Ray winner. You know, <laughs> Leif, I, you know, it, it's funny because like when I finally saw you on Skype, you didn't look like how I thought you'd look like, and I pretty much thought you'd look like Pat Riley. <laughs> That's funny. Is, is there, like when I met, no. like when I saw Alf, I was like, "You don't look like Samuel L. Jackson." Yeah, I am not an old old man, <laughs> but 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 I am thirty three, so I'm getting there. <laughs> it's not old man. It's like Alf calling himself old. Yeah, y'all ain't old. You think you're old? Oh man. I feel- so I, I ran the season finder on that on that Wade year. Yeah, uh, I think we I feel like we really just don't have a full appreciation of how amazing Oscar Robertson was. That this list of at least thirty points, at least seven assists, and at least five rebounds a game. Oscar Robertson had six of those seasons. Michael Jordan, LeBron, and Dwayne each had one. Wow, that's pretty incredible. You should look up uh, thirty points with a PR of thirty or more. Thirty points I, with a PR of thirty. That's or or, of, or over, you know, greater than or equal to. Because I, I think that he's the only one to ever do that. So I mean, he's doing. I mean, he was by himself that year. You know, with rookie Chalmers and rookie Beasley. Right. Although I'm pretty sure Steph Curry's doing that this year. <laughs> oh, is he? Oh, I'm sure he is. Uh, but he's not over 30. In the PER? Or, or no, in points. Game? Points, oh, points. Yeah. No, he no he's right at, I think he's right at 30. Oh, really? Yeah. He's good, man. He's People really got good. mad at me when I said he might be better than Dwayne. Okay, yeah. <laughs> the 30 and 30 PER list is Wilt Chamberlain three times, Michael Jordan four times, and wait for this. 2002, 2003, Tracy McGrady. Woo, T-Mac! <laughs> Man, he was good back in the day. T-Mac was fun. Was I mean, fun. his injuries, but... Yeah, he was fun to watch score, but... Um, 
that was about it. I mean, he did other things, but he, was, he was really just uh, <laughs> yeah. What can I say? Wasn't he the one that had that, that like crazy beyond Reggie Miller moment where he had like was it like twelve? Oh, thirteen points, points in like, thirty oh, yeah. seconds, yeah. dude! He, he I was in Houston seconds. for that. Yeah. I watch that like once a year. That's, that's nuts. It's funny because all those Houston fans left. <laughs> yeah, I know. Imagine, imagine if the Heat fans did that this day. They're they're hipster about leaving games early. Yeah, right. <laughs> like you know, we get the blame for, it, but but uh, but they're hipsters about it. <laughs> it's funny because uh, in 2006, I was at Game Three of the Finals, and um, and because I'll look at that's oh, like that's a, a plug right one. there. Yeah, it was. Um, but. <sighs> We were down, I think, 13 with, with four or five minutes to go, uh, and people started getting up around me, and I was shocked just because I had never been to a, uh, a finals game in Miami, and the tickets were extremely expensive. Oh, and wait, hold on. Uh, I was zoned out there for like 30 seconds. Are you talking about 2006 Game 3? Yes. I was there, too. That was the greatest game ever. The yeah, atmosphere that- at the end. No, we keep going, but so. No, no. I mean, but you're 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 taking the words out of my mouth. People got up from the seats around me, and um, and and I just couldn't imagine that they would leave. And I I I was there with my wife actually, and um, I and I was just like, we spent so much money. We are sitting here until the final <laughs> buzzer, no matter what. And I then agree. that that crazy comeback happened. Udonis played awesome. Gary Payton hit a hit a shot at Gary the end to kind of close it down. <laughs> the it man. was awesome. That yeah. jumper, it was Forever, a lot of man. fun. Yeah, is that, that a moments? Is that a moments T-shirt? It should be. It is for me. <laughs> that to me, that was great. Oh, the Antoine Walker shimmy on the floor. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh if that's God. not a moments T-shirt, who do I have to talk to? I'm surprised it. that the Zoe screaming on the floor isn't oh, like that that's such a logical T-shirt. You know, like he was like having an out of body experience. Give him a damn T-shirt. Like, let's go. Is that the Zo moment for you? I mean, that's the Zo, Zo moment for me. Uh, yeah, just because it was kind of like the pinnacle, like the the culmination of the whole journey with him. Uh, you know, there's other games that I can remember that you know where I was just you know head over heels for Zo, but that one was like you know he he basically bottled up everything that he stood for his whole career and put it into one game. <laughs> you make it sound so awesome. I have a weird Zo moment that I remember above all. Which is just Vince Carter destroying him on a dunk. Oh, yep. yeah. That was really nice dunk, man. Because every time somebody mentions Zoe as a sop blocker, that's the first thing I think of, and I don't know why. Okay, I don't know if you guys are on Twitter right now, but I love that I can just Google Antoine Walker shimmy, and the GIF is just sitting there waiting for me. That's the best. It's awesome. Listen, I would be so disappointed in Twitter uh, if that wasn't so. But, uh, no, but you know uh, what, what Leif was saying is right. Like, I... I People don't understand that we, as Miami fans, don't like when people leave early either. Yep. You know, like like the fans of the team don't like it either. No, and truthfully, like something that it, it gets overblown. Like maybe like a thousand or two thousand people left, if that. Uh, I think Ethan has even said like that he had a number that he that he thought uh, had left. And, um, you know, like relative to the body of, of you know, the uh, the quantity of people that are in the building, it's really not that many. But when you got people banging on the glass doors, that's that just fun. a bad look on ESPN. <laughs> it, it, no, it's, it's an awful look. <laughs> and, I mean, I this is my first season having seats in the lower bowl. And I can honestly say, though, that I've been to – we've had a few games this season like that Bucks one recently. 
where it got out of hand really quick. And, you know, you could you were just kind of waiting until people were going to start trying to leave. But the one thing I have noticed, and this is why I love, I used to, and I love still occasionally sitting in the upper deck. Those people don't leave. Oh, no. It's That's all what, the people that us leave. Us common folk. Yeah, exactly. It's all of us down in the lower level, the ones that are paying an absurd amount of money to sit in those seats. Those are the people that, that let's face it, most of those people really aren't huge basketball fans. No, they're, they're not. They're to be seen, they're, they're, they're business tickets, things like that. And those are the people that just, you know, five, six minutes left, if it's not close, you know what, let's beat the traffic and they'll go. But I always notice the lower bowl, a lot of empty seats in those games, but the upper deck, everyone stays. That, At least that, the vast majority. That that even traces back to the Miami arena, because when I lived in, in Miami, we had... Uh, we had season tickets at the Miami Arena, and we they were upper bowl, really like almost to the last row up, um, and like it was wild up there. It was a lot of fun, um, you know, like for like the fifty six point Glenn Rice game, stuff like that. Like people were just going crazy, and the lower bowl was it was it it was it was hype, but it wasn't quite like what you had in the upper bowl, and that totally has transferred to the AAA, um, where you see that that. You know, like the true fans are up there, and the the South Beach crowd is down below. <laughs> the South Beach crowd—that's a great name for them. I, I think I have an idea. Like, you, have you guys been to MIA? And you know that creepy cutout of that woman? It's like a it's like a a screen in the shape of a woman who talks to you. I don't think I've seen that. Where you haven't seen it at, no. at, at at Miami International Airport? Which terminal do you go through? Delta. Oh, you um, Delta too common for you, Christian? Uh, I fly American. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, you fucking flight leaders. I haven't flown through that that uh, airport in, in a while now, so I oh. have not seen it. Well, so this is... Well, you know, well, yeah, exactly. I mean, since I'm a North Miami guy, it's almost easier for me to just go into Fort Lauderdale. West Kendall, baby. MIA. Oh, down south, huh? I just said from West, West. Kendall. I'm living downtown, though, now. Yeah, I'm jealous of you. I want to live in South Miami. It's really I, nice down there. It is really. Actually, one of my uh, best friends, she just moved down there. and it, There's just a lot of like cool places that, to go to around there. That downtown Dayland area is great. Like I want to live there. I mean, my my parents live about five blocks from that area, so that's where I go. Oh, it's so jealous. But yeah, like, Before no, I, it became like downtown it's really nice. Now. It's also expensive. Um, yeah. what have I, I lost my thought. I got distracted because like, I'm obsessed with moving there, and you just totally distracted me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the cutout lady. The cutout lady, yeah. So this, so at, at the Delta Terminal, this is like there's literally a screen in the shape of a woman. And the woman fits in the screen, so it's just like a talking woman that is a screen. You know what I mean? Like can you kinda get what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah, so it's just it's 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 just a person that's it talking. Sounds so, bizarre, but yeah, I, but we I can't need say. what we need to do is get that but of spoon yelling at people as they leave games early. <laughs> that would be great. I actually, I got into one of the few arguments I've ever had with Spoon was because it was a game that we were winning, and I, I think I think we were up like eighteen points, and I was Did like, you leave? I'm, "I'm leaving with two minutes left, and we're up." 18. Oh, you communist! <laughs> you you communist! And I was like, I was not ashamed to say it on Twitter, and he just tore into me, and I was like, "God!" Did he block you? <laughs> no, he didn't block me. That's his move, man. <laughs> okay. Gian, how many times has he blocked you? More, more or less. Dude, I swear it was like every other week, dude. I don't get it. Like I liked him, and he would just keep blocking me and unblocking me and then blocking me. I, I never got blocked, actually. Yeah, because he liked you. <laughs> Didn't you announce his retirement? 
Um, well, I, I don't know if I announced it, but he hit me up right before he deactivated. So I just said something about it to people because there's, you know, heads were asking about it and, and, and shit like that. So did, did he give you a reason? He was just done with all, you know, all of the nonsense that that he was reading on Twitter. The Pat and, Riley slander he couldn't take. Yeah, he's he, he definitely. Well, and I, I, I actually have to agree with him there. I'm not very, you know, I don't take it too kindly to the Pat Riley slander either. But um, I, I think he just, you know, the trolls get to him. And there were people like obsessed with with fucking with him um, on Twitter. And oh, but like, he created that culture. Oh, dude. totally, an, totally. He, he's he manufactured myth. that for himself. But um. You know, so uh, he, I, I think he'll be back though. I, I, I mean, I don't so. know that I haven't spoke to him at all, but I just have a feeling that there's going to be something that triggers him coming back. If David Blatt getting fired didn't, I don't know what will. I yeah. mean, I've, I've, I've kind of wanted to make like a poll on this and give it, throw a few options out there, but for me, I think what would definitely bring him back would be a Heat Cavs playoff series. Well, if we eliminated him, if we eliminate LeBron, I, I just don't see how he's going to be able to contain himself. I mean, who's he going to scream at if he doesn't get back on Twitter? <laughs> who's he going to tell to like, learn the game? I feel bad for his friends and family. <laughs> yeah. I saw someone on Twitter say that he texts the same way that he tweets, which I yes, thought was a funny Penelope, thing to think. Penelope. Yeah. I thought that was a funny thing to kind of imagine. God, that's so funny. Oh, Kristen, is that picture real? Yes, no, that picture yes. is real. Okay, so That's so great. Penelope kind of told me the story that apparently, I think it was Dutch, who um, Spoon apparently posted that before he changed his name to Spoon and he was more open about who he was on Twitter. Yep. Before and he became a character. Exactly, before he became a caricature. <laughs> and um, apparently he deleted it like right after he posted it but Dutch is the only person who saved that photo <laughs> so it's like the only evidence there is of, of Spoon's like true look and it's funny because I Penelope one time she she kind of described to me what he kind of looked like and <laughs> I think it was like she said it was like a cross between Jason Williams and Ryan Tannehill <laughs> <laughs> And so I ended up making a Photoshop of like Jason Williams passing the ball up behind his back and I photoshopped Ryan Tannehill's head on it. And I sent it to her and she was like, oh my god, that looks just like him. And then you see this photo that resurf- that I just saw again like a month or so ago and I made it my profile picture that has not changed. No, but the best part is you have the MJ crying face in the back and I just noticed you have the LeBron glasses face. Yeah, no, it was, uh, who was it? It was, you guys follow uh, CB legend who CD. yeah i think so yeah yeah he, he, oh yeah, yeah yeah he like he hit me up the other day he was like by the way nice abby and then he was like and then he said you should add the lebron face to it and i was like oh my god that's perfect <laughs> he twitter's just so much more fun than everybody else yeah i know and cp's not even really part of heat twitter he's more just like a, like a seahawks fan more than he's honorary he's honorary he, twitter. he is honorary though because he's a, he's a good follower for sure yeah, he's great. So, like, yeah, he Twitter's so much more fun than everybody else. Yeah, it's funy. You know, I saw <laughs> – do you guys remember? Because I saw, I saw him talk about this, that B-ball breakdown account. 
Remember the day yeah. that everybody? Oh my god! When the- he Twitter descended on that poor man, <laughs> somebody asked him the other. I think it was like a day or two ago. Who is the biggest fan base? And he just wrote in all caps: Heat. Yeah, <laughs> oh, no, yeah, we're totally well, too petty, dude. They, I think they wrote to him like, "Who's the most sensitive fan base?" That's it has what- to be. The, it, it, he was like, and the the whoever tweeted it to him said, "It has to be the Raptors, right?" And then he wrote in all caps: Heat, because he remembered what. And I actually, uh, you he's know, right, I think though. I think he's a good. Fan follow um he's great no he's really uh so like i i felt bad for him that day because people were just in full just in full mode man (laughs) and they're mean like mike scriba he's mean he's awesome but he's mean and like the he twitter comes in waves and they'll like they'll just like they'll demoralize you what was that guy uh like yesterday i think it was and he got in a fight with mike ryan about because Mike Ryan was saying how a lot of a lot of Heat fans in Brooklyn, and then this guy just starts bashing Miami and its fans, and then he Twitter descended oh, upon that guy. Yeah, that was um, he, he's a writer for for some newspaper for the up New there. York Ste- Post, I think. Stephen something. Stephen. Some last name I can't say. Yeah. I can barely say. I forgot how to say your name already. Yeah. How do you say it again? <laughs> I should have just opened up your Twitter and just looked at the yeah. Okay. We're but, yeah, man. I mean, it's, it, I think that's why it's so fun. And I feel like that's why there's so many people in Heat Twitter. I mean, I can't really you know talk about other basketball fan bases and how they are on Twitter. But I feel like we have to be the largest mob. But there's just nobody like us. We just, we're funny. Yeah, I mean, you guys see this poor guy? It was just recently, in the last hour or two, who <laughs> he tweeted guy. out that, uh, honestly, when, when, when he Twitter goes after someone, I don't care how dumb the thing <laughs> that they said was, so bad, no, always. No, yeah, no, it's, it's, <laughs> this, it's boom, this poor dude. guy, he's just like, Kevin Love is a more deserving all-star candidate than Chris Bosh. Oh no! That, that just said, it. listen. That, I don't. We, I can't think of a worse thing you can say. We straight go flying death machine on him with that. I mean, oh that's just God. what happens to oh, them. No, when, no, when, exactly. <laughs> and it's not even that. These people go back and go through his account. They saw that he's actually a LeBron fan, and they went back and found tweets of his where he was cheering for the Heat, and those are always the best. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> those are so good. That bandwagon exposer account. I don't know who yeah. runs that. I think it's someone from Heat Twitter that has a, a, a secondary account that's it's doing Heap, that. It has to be Heat Boner. Um, but that's a that that was a really funny, clever account that I enjoy uh, when they retweet those. Uh, Cavs, bandwagon. F- Cavs, he, Phil, Phil, Cavs, whatever that guy is. Oh gosh, the worst. That guy's the worst. That guy's the worst, dude. <laughs> okay. Okay. Who is your least favorite? account in heat twitter because i have i have mine oh, and I, I, I have one and i think you'll all agree with me okay, who's uh, alfonso hoops <laughs> <laughs> i'm kidding man that's a tough question um you know I, it's this douchebag that i was fighting with the other day about Whiteside. i'm gonna find his name I, I can't even yeah i was gonna say i'm just gonna look through who i follow but i wouldn't follow the people that i truly don't like um, you don't hate follow anybody? I used to hate follow Spoon, but I like Spoon. I just thought what he said was ridiculous. <laughs> no, I, I used to hate follow people, and then I've like <laughs> tried to create some level of standards of who I follow. So, so like, like for instance, I used to hate follow Omar Kelly, and now I just cannot. Oh, I, do too. I can't bring myself to do it. So, like, there's instances like that where I just have to let let it go. No, dude, I, I remember hate following Omar Kelly, and I got in a fight with Omar Kelly because he was just like 
he was just caping up for the Dolphins. And I was like, why are you caping up for the Dolphins? And I'm, I'm pretty much arguing. He's like, why do you follow me? And I was like, well, I'm not going to tell him I hate follow you. Although I should have said that in hindsight, but I just have to unfollow him. <laughs> I was like, I don't want any more, man. Oh, I think I know who my least favorite is. It's And I, I'm, I'm not going to get the handle correct, and I'm happy that I'm not. Uh, it's like Aura Sounds yes, or something like that. Too. <laughs> that yeah. guy who? is the worst. How do you spell it? Okay, like, so it, uh, go ahead. It's, 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 oh, and I know this just because the amount of times he gets, and I don't follow him, he just gets put onto my timeline saying Me too. the dumbest things, but if you go through his timeline, and I, I've done it a few times, it is... It's just pure sewage, and I, but it's so much sewage. I don't think he's a troll. I think he's a real person. It's <laughs> it's Aura A U R A sounds with a Z at the end. Oh no! I've never, never heard of this guy. I mean, I mean, I, what was he saying the other day? Oh yeah, no, I, I, mean, <laughs> I thought this one was just kind of funny to me because the whole white side of the Lakers thing was happening. He was like, oh, no, no, we need to get multiple first-round picks. Oh, no, no I, 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 I found the dumbest thing on his timeline that he's probably ever said. Two hours ago, Draymond Green is not an all-star. Oh, no yeah. way in the world he should be an all-star over Damian Lillard. That's garbage. Thumbs down. Part, part of me thinks he says some of that stuff just to get followers and to get he attention doesn't have and that get many. retweets. He has 300. Oh, is that all he has? Yeah. yeah that's, so that's not working out too well. I mean, that's just, I mean, that's just bad. <laughs> this is bad. It's just cringeworthy stuff. I, mean, I, I can't even respond to people like that because I have a, 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 like, my gut reaction is to say, like, you know, I hope that you you know, die in a fire tonight. And, but I don't want to come across like that and be that kind of, you really feel, you know, be that kind of douchebag. So, um, but so I just try to not read what they write, but it gets, like you said, it gets retweeted on the timeline, no matter what. I've never seen him before. Yeah. Oh no, no. Yeah. He's huge on trashing Spo. So here's one just from two hours ago. I'll tell you like this, what Hassan Whiteside is doing in less than 30 minutes per game is still very impressive. Especially in Spo's stupid offense. <laughs> I love the way you read it. Oh man, we were talking last last time we did a podcast. How Alf hates Humberto. I don't know. His- oh, I've seen I found that video. very entertaining. He's so nice to he, he's so nice to the show. I can't hate him. He's just he he listens to us all the time, and I think he's like you know whatever. He has some. He doesn't like Spo very much, and he has some wild trade ideas. But like, I think he's a nice guy, and Alf just hates him. <laughs> Yeah, no, he, he he is a nice dude, and he he definitely supports. And I mean, like even today, he tweeted like, "You have to follow Leif and Dos Minutos." Like he's super. Uh, he's just a nice guy. Like just, yeah, for sure. Alf hates him, and Alf um, also hates Eric and Tony, which I don't know why. Yeah, that I don't get. I mean, Eric Reed, like, um, I don't know. Like that's I, when I think of Heat basketball, it's like in his voice. Everything that I think about is in his voice, and so I know that that's like a weird thing, but it's just like you know, for all these years. So I couldn't even imagine Tony. I, I understand sometimes. Oh, no, he, he's the best part. Um, yeah, no, it's a good compliment, but I mean, Eric Reed. I've heard that he's had offers to do national broadcasts for years, and he turned them all down and stayed with the organization. Really? So, that's so badass. I mean, I, I um, believe it though because he's really good. 
Like, you know how Mike Breen, I mean, not that he's Mike Breen, but you know how he does the Knicks broadcast and then also, you know, flips over to ABC. I think some of those opportunities have, have came up for him, but he uh, stuck NBA with TV them. uses him a lot when they do, like, dual games. Yeah, like when, they, yeah, they choose his broadcast. They yep. choose his broadcast. Well, Tony's the best because Tony's not all there. Oh, no. my God. My favorite thing about Tony is when they're shooting live. Have you ever seen those clips where he's just, like, staring off into space and I swear I know sometimes he's staring at a bitch no no hold on wait a second have you have you have you seen my favorite vine in the world where Eric is talking into the camera and Tony's staring at the dancers and then Eric taps him on the shoulder and he go he breathes heavy he's like sorry Eric I was, I was looking at some stats <laughs> I bet you were guy <laughs> horny Fiorentino well, that, Did that, you see him today? Did you see what he was doing today? No. No. It's it's some lady's birthday, and he's like, "Happy birthday, my beautiful colleague!" And I was like, "Tony, you're creepy, dude." <laughs> <laughs> it's like, coach, stop. Uh, coach, you gotta be in rhythm. Okay, hold on. Another Aura Sounds update nine hours ago. Can we okay. trade Justice Winslow for Zach Levine, please? What? Uh, I mean, I can't even. What? I can't deal with that. <laughs> I, I struggle immensely. You know what we should do? We should send them like a picture of Kanye with I'm your OG and we'll be treated as such. Like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> really? Oh. He said that? Oh, yeah, he said, oh, no, no. And hold on. I just found the, the Lakers trade one. Uh, I just scrolled right by. It was great. It's like, oh, yeah, no, to get Whiteside, they need to include D'Angelo Russell and two first round picks. Two? Two. For, for who? For Whiteside. Oh, for a contract that expires. And it's nine hundred and eighty-one k that he makes. Yep, exactly. There, there's another account that I, I I have to mention that I I just awful is um, and I think he's like a a, tr- a basketball trainer actually. Um, and I say awful, I mean I I just don't particularly like his hot takes, but I think it's like something Ramos, uh, Jay. Oh, I know oh, who you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, 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 Jay. Uh, Coachy, Coachy Ramos. Yeah, I mean, he actually, uh, I guess he's a trainer. I don't know who he trains, but... Development specialist and performance uh, enhancer for yeah, NBA players. So some of his tweets throughout the, the last few years have been, like, cringeworthy for me also. He had one, he actually had one about an hour ago, and, you know, I, for the most part, I like his account because he seems to be pretty intelligent when it comes to basketball, but... And he just tweets out like an hour ago. He was like quoting a, an article saying that D'Angelo Russell's not on the trade block. And he writes, LA might want to jump back into it. I would discuss unloading Whiteside, Bosch, or Drogic, or a combo of them. Oh, because he, he – and you know, I kind of want to get into this, and I'm glad you brought that up because he is in this camp of blow it up. Right? And, and No, but I, not that I want to dismiss him as a crazy – like I completely disagree with him because I do think that that Bosch contract has a lot of value. Uh, but what he, what he's saying is that they don't have enough. And what they're going to look like is look like how the Bulls have done patchwork with the remnants of a contender. And he thinks that Miami's going to do that, right, with Drogic aging and his contract. And I don't know what they're going to pay Dwayne and if they pay Whiteside with Bosch. Like, and I understand what he's saying. And it kind of does make sense because – you can't like we know that what they have is not enough. Like we know that. It, that only makes sense if you really believe that we're going to strike out. Hu- no, well, they, it will, and also if you think that we're going to spend all of the 
resources we have on Hassan Whiteside and Dwayne Wade at at whatever cost no, is exactly. associated with that. Um, and I don't think that that's actually going to happen unless you see a, a, a completely different uh, 180 from a chemistry standpoint. Uh, so I, I, I don't know. I, the thing is, is that any of the blow it up talk, there, there's, there's aspects of blow it up that intrigue me because there's a certain part of like the – the development process and and going through all that 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 you know we don't really get to experience that too often. It's not fun. I don't want to. Um, no, it isn't fun. And this is the this is the reality. Um, R- Riley is not going to do that. It's just it's not going to happen. Um, he has. He's too old. He he thought that he had um, the team at a place where he was going to pass it off to the Arisons in a great place and ride off into the sunset over to California. And he's kind of had to you know like LeBron threw a huge uh, curveball at him and he's not going to before he steps away just strip it all down and turn it into a lottery team and then walk off. He he he's going to swing for the fences and if he strikes out he strikes out. It's way more likely that he trades for veterans um with longer contracts and you know like future be damned. He would rather go that route. I think it's way more likely than any of the blow it up talk. I mean just historically if you look at his track record well, um, a, a big argument that he makes and others make is that the Heat have put themselves in positions that they don't have assets, which I disagree with. Number one, because the reason why you don't have assets is because you traded up to get LeBron and Bosch. Number two, the Bosch contract is an asset. You have a very good player, an exceptional player under contract for five, four, five years. There's value in that, right? So... I don't think people understand that. That is a tradable asset that you can get a lot for. Right. And the thing is, especially in a couple of years when the cap goes up about oh, – That will be an even better deal. The, the deal will be much better looking then. And the fact is that Bosch's game is going to age well. It's going to age like wine and cheese. It's going to be great. Well, I, I'd like to read a tweet by Lefty Leif. It happened about an hour ago. <laughs> All of that, your Bosch trade – all of your Bosch trades can be shoved directly up your bleep. Um, I, I don't think unbleep it up what? <laughs> Hold on, let me re- let me retweet that because that's a quality tweet. Yeah, I'm gonna retweet it too. <laughs> um, it, this is the other thing with Pat Riley, and and it's. It, sometimes it's to a fault because uh, there were many times where he could have traded guys for what I think could have been upgrades and he didn't do it because he was loyal to them to a fault. P.J. Brown is a guy that immediately comes to mind that they could have moved to get a Mitch Richmond or someone like that and he just w- – or a Latrell Sprewell. And Udonis. he just – he did not pull the trigger. Udonis is another one, absolutely, even though the Evan Turner stuff makes my head hurt um, when people thought that that was going to happen. But – uh, I I just don't see him trading Chris Bosh. I think that the fact that Bosh committed to staying when when LeBron left, and the fact that his game is going to age well, he's on a max contract that won't really feel like a max when the when the cap spikes. Uh, all of that, I I think that that kind of speaks to he's going to be able to carry on that message of we take care of our guys. We it's it's a family oriented atmosphere and all that heat lifer stuff that I think you know a lot of that is very um, overblown. Totally, and I, I think that they uh, were wrong to market it as strong as they did. But uh, I, I don't think Bosch is going anywhere. That's it, backfire. It, it's going to take a deal 
that you just can't pass up. Something that is. I don't think they're going to move him. I just think that it's an asset to have. Like just saying that it's to say that it's 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 worthless is not so is was my point with him is like yeah i don't think they're gonna move him either and i don't think they should move him but if need be that option is available oh totally and also goran like this year there's uh, today everyone was talking about well goran Dragic can be a piece that goes to la and it, with all the d'angelo russell russell stands out there that were him. you know uh salivating at that possibility I really just I can't picture Riley sitting down with Warren uh, making that was his first call in free agency and and may, he made him priority number one. Mickey called Dwayne, Pat called Goran, and he he sold him on like settling his family in Miami and this is where you're gonna be and to think that he's like you know in February gonna deal him for a rookie point guard that is still trying to find his way. I mean that's just also like not like if they're not about Hassan, they're not gonna be about you know exactly D'Angelo Russell exactly. Um, so I, I, I just think sometimes we get in this trade machine mode and it's fun. I mean, I do the trade machine. I was doing the real GM trade checker before the trade <laughs> machine existed. Um, but uh, Bosch uh, is not going anywhere. And for now, Gorn is not going anywhere. The only way that that's going to change is if you see us take a deep dive, uh, which I don't think is necessarily going to happen. We're kind of one of those win four, lose two, win three, lose one. Like, you know what I mean? It, it, it's not going to be a free fall at any point. And if it does, then that could obviously change things. I just, I just don't see – point in blowing it up. I mean, because I, I still legitimately think that this, this roster is a bad fit. It's a, it's a really bad fit because the one thing that we need is we need a true 3 and D guy that would really help balance everything out. And you would hope that Winslow will eventually become that guy. And I think he could and I think he could in the next year or two. And that's why I don't I still think this this roster has a lot of potential, but if you can add a guy this offseason, I mean obviously the pipe dream is Kevin Durant. Um, but and then a, the more realistic pipe dream of Nick Batum. Of Nick Batum. I mean, he's a guy that I think would really help his team and he's actually a great facilitator too. And if you can just kind of create a system even somewhat similar to what the Spurs do where you just have a bunch of guys on the court that are unselfish and just keep moving the ball and making the right play. I mean, you have a team that can compete, and the one thing that this coaching staff knows how to do is teach defense. And that's can I give you? Can I give you a number? Because you're talking about you're talking about the defense and about um, about Nick Batum, and it kind of has to do a little bit of Luol Dang and maybe Nick Batum replacing him. Mm-hmm. Miami's best lineup with over a hundred minutes is the small ball with Whiteside instead of Bosch. With Dang, Drogic, Wade, and Justice, and then Hassan in the middle. They're plus 10 per 100 possessions with a 90 defensive rating and an offensive rating of 100. That's their best lineup with over 100 minutes. I've, I've seen that in recent weeks, and I find it I find it pretty, a little, not really surprising, I guess, but because the thing that. Small ball with Hassan before, um, before who got hurt? Was it Bosch or somebody got hurt? Who missed games? McRoberts. Uh, <laughs> no, I forgot. There was something that. Oh no, I'm sorry, Luo. When when before Luo went out for that stretch, that was like the second best lineup in the league. Small ball with Dang at the four and Whiteside at the five, and it's like everybody forgets that like that was the thing. 
And Spo hasn't really gone back to that a lot, but um, and especially since since Dank has come back from injury. But if they get Batum, that's a guy who can defend, as you said, facilitate and play that Dank power forward role with those small lineups. Right. I mean, I just think our our best lineups are always going to be with Bosch at the five, which always which just kind of correct. It, people, I mean, I agree need... with you, but why are the numbers saying otherwise? Because there could be a lot of noise in those numbers. I mean, and, the, the injuries well, as of late doesn't help. Uh, and and also, so. plus, plus minus, I think that's statistics specifically. Um, it, it's difficult because oh, but this is pace adjusted, though. I'm using net rating per 100 possessions. So, oh, um, got you, got you. Oh, um, yeah. I mean, that that actually surprises me, quite frankly, because I, I thought any of our best lineups would include Bosch as the five man, um, because he seems like the prototypical five in today's game uh like i've, I've always kind of thought that winslow and and i this is another tweet from cooper moorhead where he talked about our uh i think it was our rebound rating when we yeah. have bosh at the Bosch five and, and, and winslow at the three and i just you know i talked about a stretch four there but obviously kevin durant would be the perfect fit but batum also is a guy that would fit in nicely there um what, what do you guys think about al horford I don't like it because he doesn't shoot threes. Yeah, doesn't he's doing stretch it. the floor he's quite doing enough. It more this year for the first time in his career, and he's not terrible at it. I think he's shooting above thirty percent, but he's not oh, ooh, above forty percent. Yeah, exactly. No, I know. I mean, the thing is, these days you really to compete with teams like like San Antonio and, and Golden State, you need guys that can really shoot well. Give me this. I don't think any team in this NBA should be paying two bigs. They can't. I don't think I it's wise. No, Why would you that, pay? Yeah. And it's a conversation I had with Mike Scriba the other day. I think he wanted Gasol. And I said, Gasol doesn't shoot threes. And he's like, but Gasol's a really good mid-range shooter. And I was like, but why are you going to be shooting mid-range shots when the Warriors, the Cavs, the Spurs, and the Thunder are shooting threes? So when you have Gasol or Al Horford, even though Bosch is a better pick-and-roll player, if you're putting Gasol, if you if you have Gasol on the floor, you have to put him in the pick and roll because sure. you can't have him not roll to the basket. Because if he's from two, a team will live with him doing that, and you can, can defend that easier. So when you do that, you take away a better pick and roll player in Bosch and pretty much put him into a corner, which completely diminishes everybody's value. No, I agree. I think all those guys that you just named, they're all – and obviously this can change rapidly because uh, we've seen the league change so much. But um, those are all five men at this point. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, how, they're not power forwards. Exactly. So, so if you're going to go that route – you might as well just keep Hassan and go for that defensive upside, uh, you know, in terms of his shot blocking and rim protection and hope that he continues to develop. He's young. Uh, at that point, if you're going to just play two bigs, I don't see why you wouldn't, you know, trust in our coaching. St- well, I know some people won't trust in our coaching staff, but um, <laughs> Umberto. Shout tr- out to Umberto. Tr- trust in CB and Hassan continuing to figure it out and being able to work together rather than bringing in a guy who may be a little bit better of a mid range shooter, but you're, you're losing a ton of rim protection at that. You know, that's why kind of when I think about what's going to be the next version of this team, it always seems to me like I come out with, all right, CB will be the center. And then you, 
you or five man and and then you're basically looking for a stretch four and and, and then a guy like Hassan is is extremely valuable but it, it just stinks that we can't have him in the birdman role as the energy catching alley-oops getting rebounds um he would be great 20 minutes a game yeah, yeah, but he's never going to – I mean, obviously, we know that that's not realistic. But uh, that's where a guy like he would really fit in um, unless you're going to play him exclusively at the five and you're not going to sh- slide guys like Bosch over there. Uh, I, I do want to talk – Like, I, I think what's important for them to do is to get a three-man who can play five, four. I think that is priority number one. I think that that's the way the league has to be. And justice allows them to have such a strong perimeter defense along with Bosch. Like that defensive tandem is, is important going forward. Um, but and he I think, rebounds really well. Oh, yeah, no, I mean, we've talked for his, about that. For his size, I, I, I think he's going to be able to rebound like any four that – I mean stretch four that you're looking at today. Um, I mean he, I think that like Winslow's ceiling in terms of rebounds may be six and a half. Seven and a half, seven and a half, something like that, a game. Uh, so I mean, that's you, you don't necessarily. I mean, a guy like Ryan Anderson, who I'm not a hundred percent sold on. I think he may be a little bit of a fluky um, contract year kind of situation. Even though he's had other good seasons, I think he's good. I just don't think he fits as well because of the defense. Yeah, I agree. Right. Um, but Boss? just that shooting is. Uh, is really what we need. We need to they find need a guy that can do that. I mean, <laughs> which is which is what like a, a four man who can shoot. Right. I mean, we one of the guys that I, I feel like we haven't even talked about him once in this podcast is, and it, it, he kind of ties in with both the things we're talking. about. I hope about. you're going to say. I hope you're going to say what I think you're going to say. Because he, he ties in with both the rebounding and the shooting. Is, is he Johnson. white? Yes. Oh, well, I was gonna, I was <laughs> no, going to no, say no, McRoberts. Talking about somebody just on our team. And McRoberts too. Don't get me wrong. Some of our yeah. best defensive lineups. That's um, where I wanted to go to. Are with Bosch and McRoberts in the game. And oh, McRoberts has been. I guess people don't really talk about. It. He's been a really good defender for us this season when he's healthy. I have those numbers. McRoberts and Bosch as a defensive tandem in 224 minutes has a defensive rating of 91. Exactly. That would lead the league if they were a team. Right, and that's even spanning deep into December when the Heat as a team really started to regress defensively. Um, well, the, they regressed when he got hurt, let's be honest. That, that had a lot to do with it. It's a, that had a lot to do with it. Um, but yeah, I mean, Tyler too. Tyler, the, other, the thing that sucks about what's happening with Tyler right now is that he's clearly not healthy. That shoulder is, I mean, they, they're, they're already saying he's going to have to have surgery most likely. They knew this before the season, and now it's just like a nagging injury. He's not shooting the same as he was before. Um, and I think he's a guy, when him and Winslow are on the court, you got two smaller guys that are hounds on the boards. And I think that really helps to kind of like compensate for losing a big guy like Whiteside. So... I agree, and and Tyler Johnson is absolutely hurt. I I heard that uh, he reached out to somebody uh, about the dunk contest, and uh, the Heat staff uh, and the organization kind of put the the kibosh on that and said that uh, they'd rather him not participate because of his shoulder injury. Um, so, like you could totally tell. I mean, even in that that missed dunk, which that was such a an excruciating game for Tyler. I felt so bad for the kid. Oh man, um, that was bad. 
you know, he, he can get up and convert those dunks. He, he, I mean, he's not, I wouldn't necessarily say he's as high a flyer as maybe somebody, some people bill him to be, but, uh, but he could definitely get up there and finish around the rim. So, um, and we're definitely, I mean, we saw there was one the other night, but I felt like it was more of like a redeeming, uh, himself kind of dunk. You don't see it every game from him. Um, and that it also, he getting thrown into that point guard role when we had basically, you know, the, the skeleton crew out there, uh, that kind of messed with his confidence a little bit. I know, absolutely. And I think people, people, I think, just assume because he's a smaller white dude that he's a point guard. I don't think he's a point guard. He's not I think, a point guard. I think he's no a way. shooting guard. He's a true two guard because he creates. He's a two guard that can handle. Yeah, he's yeah. a two guard that can handle. He's great. At, he can drive and get into the lane. And he's he good at cuts. Shooter. He's good at cuts. Yeah, first combo guard off the bench is where I think uh, he can he could be the first combo guard off of a championship Chalmers. bench. I mean Chalmers. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Very. I mean, in, in a different way, in a in a less annoying way. <laughs> I love real man. Uh, but I, we definitely didn't have the. I don't think you'll ever have the highs that we had with a few of those Rio games. Right. I got some. I. No go. Sorry. Go ahead. No go ahead. No no. Yours. You you buddy. Well, no, that's why I was. Uh, I just don't think we're really that far off. I mean, maybe obviously this year, huge long shot. Um, but you get an off season where you get a quality three that can shoot and defend and play you know, four. Obviously, again, you know, or four, you know. No, three that can play four. That's what you need. Right, three or four. Well, really, you would hope that Winslow would fill that role. Well, because no, he can that defend you want the a three who can play four. Oh, okay. Yes, yes, exactly, exactly. And, you know, you add another good piece and you get everybody healthy and you, you add Winslow. another shooter. Yeah, you add another shooter. You, you know, you develop Winslow another year and he takes a good step forward. I you think know. you need two things. I think those two things, a shooter and a, a good three that can play for. Exactly. Well, as, Who can shoot? I just don't think the blowing it up route makes any sense right now. Here's the other thing for this year. Um, and, and I know right now we sit in the seventh seed and I think what we're, we're like, what, four games above 500. We're, it feels like there's no Schedule's shot. about to get easier. Um, it, it it is, and, and and here's another you know underlying factor. Like when you saw Black get fired, which I had a field day on Twitter with that. That was fantastic. Um, like that just shows you that 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 Cleveland is fractured. The, that organization, like we we know about the organization and all that, but they clearly are are a team that they don't know. Um, if they're going to be able to put it all together. And when you have a team that's sitting atop the conference that is so fragile in that way, uh, I think that all of the Eastern Conference teams, whether it be Indiana, us, Toronto, uh, I think you're going to see teams try to make moves to get closer to them rather than the blow it up uh, you know, route because they're not like this, at least in my opinion, they are definitely the favorite and they appear to be the best team in the conference, but they're not an all world team that you look at and say, well, they're just going to sweep everybody. You could, I could totally see them imploding. Kevin Love sitting at the end of the bench, the last eight minutes of the quarter of an elimination game. Like I can almost, it's like a vision that I have that could happen. Um, so like when you have the potential of a team flaming out that's at the top of the conference why not like stay the course and go there's a spoism um and and go for it, it you know what i'm saying don't let go of the rope it's just Do a not, part of us burn the boats 
B- that might be BTB. a Riley one, actually. Hashtag BTB. <laughs> Let's go. But, uh, I, I have some. I have some. We're, we're gonna wrap things up because we're already at an hour and five minutes, and I don't think people want to hear us talk from a songer. But I do want to wrap things up with a little. I'm gonna let's call it um, Heat Beat Lost Episodes. Uh, something I wrote that um, that I never made it to air, but never made it to to print. But I, I think it's interesting, and it's a little bit about McBob's and how he fits into the future. Um, Miami's best defense is when McRoberts uh, plays. The more games that McBob plays in a month, the better the defense is. In November, when McRoberts played all 14 games, Miami had a defensive rating of 92. That'd be better than the Spurs November when they had a defensive rating of 98. In December, McRoberts only played four games, and the Heat had a defensive rating of 103 for that month. And in January, he hasn't played a single game, and Miami had a defensive rating of 100. His value on defense is really overlooked. Uh, When he's on the court, Miami has a defensive rating of 95. When he's off, 100 if he can fix the shooting thing he's perfect he definitely fits i know spo loves his skill set but that's why like what, what, what i just told you about the defense and the ability to handle the ball and the ability to shoot when he wants to um and passing from the high post finding the cutters find uh, that no i mean he he it's so funny because on one hand, he's the one contract that if we shed, we get under the luxury tax with one move. Um, so I, I don't know how plausible that is. And he hasn't been on the court, so he feels a little expendable. And I know a lot of people on Twitter are Turned just – they're, they're done with him. Um, but his skill set and, – and, and if you watched him his last year in Charlotte, if he were to bring that to this team, it, it, it absolutely is a game changer. It really is. Uh, but, you know, can he play? <laughs> I get, that's that's that the question. It looked like he was starting to finally get comfortable in the last couple of weeks before. Like Goran, Goran too. Exactly, and it's it's just if we could just stay healthy as I knock on this wood, and and bring it together and, and find the cohesion in, in the lineups and not have guys you know getting thrown in and out of the rotation you know randomly. I really think, and it's the same thing that a lot of. And some of the some of the guys on like Ethan Show have been saying it, and I think Alf's been saying it. We need to make a run when we win seven or eight out of ten. I love make... how you group Alf and Ethan. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess they're, I feel like they're Alf's important now. Alf, you're big time, man. Yeah, no, I mean it's <laughs> it's true though. They need to make a run more than anything. I think to gain confidence. The fucking stuff. Kings just won five games in a row. Miami, you can do it too, man. Right. They will. They'll they'll string off some. I don't I mean, know, man. The that schedule's going to lighten up. Yeah. Um, that team in 2009 didn't win uh, more than four games in a row all year. Uh, 2009, 2010, when they weren't bad and they won like 47 games. So the Q, the Q Rich year. I love that year. Let me tell you something, uh, Leif. I I felt like they could have won a cha- not won a championship, but they could have made the East Finals that year. Yeah. Um, have you heard my theory we, on this? No, but you were probably smoking some good stuff. Huh? No, dude. <laughs> They had the matchups against Atlanta and Orlando down. If they had matched up with them in the playoffs, they would have lost to Cleveland in the East Finals, but it would have been dope. But we lost to Boston, though, right? Yes, because because Jacobo Diawara banked a three in the last game of the season, which allowed them to play Boston with the four seed, with the five seed instead of Atlanta with the six seed. That's right. It's Jacobo's fault. In, in, In a double overtime game. God, I hated that game. But uh, yeah. I, I kind of piggybacking because I, I just looked this up because I, I, I thought it, it would be close. Uh, the Cavs really aren't that big of a juggernaut of a team. And I'm looking back 
at this 2009-2010 Cavs team right before LeBron left. That's what I'm saying. Right now they have the, the this year's team as a worse <laughs> winning percentage and worse point differential than that team that lost to the Magic. I think they're they're definitely beatable. No, they're beatable. They're 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 vulnerable. They're beatable, and and I think it's different than the Heat. How you know? I think Riley said it uh, best. The first year is will be their worst year, and then they'll just keep improving. It sounds like somebody died. No, that's just my door opening. You have ghosts. <laughs> You know what it sounded like? I heard pounding on the door before, and I'm like, it'd be unfortunate if somebody just breaks into one of their houses and just like, you no, know. that that was me knocking on wood when um when no injuries was spoken. Oh, of. that's so funny! It sounded like somebody was trying to beat your door yeah, I don't, down. Or I don't a pizza play. Guy. I don't play around with that, man. We we don't need any injuries. I knocked on wood immediately. Christian, <laughs> uh, uh, what did that sound like? Because to me, it sounded like a Christmas tree falling. To me, it sounds kind of like in a horror movie when uh, you're like walking through like an abandoned house, and then all of a sudden you hear just like a door shut or something. I still like hear that. It, it. Sounds like a dog has bells on it. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's ringing. true. Yeah, oh, that's, I nailed it. Did I get, did I get it? Yep. Yeah. Yes, yep. I got it. That is the puppy. What's the puppy's name? Rex. Rex. Like like um, I was gonna say like Rex Grossman. <laughs> like Rex Chapman. No. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> No, I, all the dogs used to get named after Heat players, but now we, uh, now my son names the dog. So, T Rex. <laughs> yeah, luckily my dog's been sleeping for this whole podcast. I don't even know where he is no. right now. <laughs> yeah, I don't have pets. Our boys. And on that really, note, <laughs> is, is, on that note, what a what a great way to end it. Kristen has no idea. You just checking your dog, man. I know. I hope he's okay. Man's best friend. <laughs> He got bored. He was sitting under my under my legs while we started this podcast. Then he got bored of me talking and left. He's like, "Oh, effective field goal percentage. I'm out." <laughs> he heard you read those wolf. tweets from Aura Sounds. Oh yeah, that's probably what made him leave. <laughs> oh man, boys, it has been a pleasure. Thank you for th- uh, Leif. Thank you very much for for coming on with us. Thank you for writing. We're we're very excited to have you on. We hope to have you on again. And uh, you're, you're part of the Heapy family, man. Absolutely. Thank you. This is uh, it's awesome, for sure. Go Heat. Christian, as always, my friend. Always fun. Late. Oh, it, it's it's going to be hype when we finally meet and have beers with Harrison. Oh, man, that is going to be fun. We're this is going to be what, so Tuesday, awesome. Right? Uh, yeah, yeah, for the Rockets game. Yeah. This is going to be awesome. You, you, live in, you live in Miami, right? Yeah. Uh, no, I now I live in Charleston, South Carolina. Oh, damn. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I hear the mountains are pretty there. Uh, there is no mountains here at all. No? Okay. Okay. <laughs> 